This is Isabel and San Dimas, Conversations with Neighbors. This is a podcast to spark conversations among neighbors about happenings in and around San Dimas. I am Isabel in San Dimas, and I'm happy to be one of your neighbors. Thank you for joining me and for following along. If you have been listening for a while, you know that this is my fifth interview with candidates for San Dimas City Council. And I wanted to give you an update. This is also going to be most likely the last episode in this series. Uh, as I mentioned last week, council member Emmett Badar declined to interview with me. Uh, he's running for mayor. And while the other candidate for mayor, Bobby Mathis, and I have been communicating back and forth regarding trying to schedule a time to interview, we just haven't been able to make that happen. So unfortunately, I don't think we're going to uh, be able to have him on the show in time for the election either. So Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get either of the mayoral candidates on the show, but I hope that you have enjoyed listening to the city council candidates. Uh, that is a race among five people for two spots. So hopefully this series has been educational and enlightening for you. Before we get started today, I wanted to let you know a little bit about Council member John Ebener, who I'm interviewing in today's episode. As you know, I have stated this throughout my interview series. I uh, want to be transparent about my relationships with the candidates. So I do want to let you know that John Ebener is my father in law, in case you uh, haven't learned that already or figured that out. Uh, but I want to remind you that in my presentation of the candidates, I've made every attempt to treat each person respectfully and to be balanced and fair in my presentation of these interviews. So really, my goal is not to promote one candidate over the other, but to benefit my listeners and just to educate the community on the local election. So a little bit about John Ebener. John Ebener is currently a member of the San Dimas City Council. John and his wife, Lori, have been married 35 years and have four great kids, plus a daughter-in-law and future son-in-law. They have two lovable one-year-old grandchildren, twins, with another on the way. Lori is an artist, and John is a hospital software analyst. John enjoys working for the people of San Dimas on the city council. Take a listen to our interview here. Well, let's just get started for um, my listeners who may not know you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So I'm John Ebener, and um, I live on live in downtown San Dimas. I've been married to my wife, Lori, for 35 years. We've got four great kids, Christine, Philip, Beth, and Anthony. We live in this nice old house. We moved to San Dimas shortly after we got married back in 1985. Um, started going to city council meetings just for the entertainment value. Would speak every now and then. We spoke out against uh, some development in Benelli Park, which would have completely changed the way it was and is. That was defeated, thankfully, by the at the county level. We protested the uh, tearing down of a couple historic houses in the Pioneer Park neighborhood where we lived. Somehow, for whatever reason, Dennis Bertone appointed me to the General Plan Advisory Committee at that point. And then when there was an opening on the city council, I decided to run. And I've been on the city council ever since. Um, we've lived in three houses in San Dimas, all within walking distance of each other and the downtown area. Enjoy San Dimas, passionate about it, 
love the community and uh, just trying to do everything I can to make it the best it can be. It sounds like you started your involvement in the city just as a resident, just someone living here and some issues around town came up that mattered right. to you and and then you got more and more involved and then ended up on the city council. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, when I was running for city council the first time, there were a lot of issues that uh, I thought were going to change San Dimas. And I wanted to make sure that, well, I wanted to see what we could do about it. One, for example, was the downtown residential area at the time was zoned from an old county zoning for duplexes. And we were seeing the historic houses being torn down one by one and replaced by these you know, duplexes covering most of the lot. So that was one of the issues I ran, ran on in my first election. And sure enough, when I got on the council, instead of it being a three to two vote to keep that duplex zoning, it ended up being a three to two vote to change that zoning to single family and preserve the neighborhood, the neighborhood that is still there today. So um, th- that is my, that kind of informs my view of protecting neighborhoods throughout the city from development that doesn't fit in with the neighborhood, whether it's a small project or a larger project uh, on, a, on a big vacant lot nearby. That is reminiscent of what feels like is going on right now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now, there's a lot of things going on right now. So, what, <laughs> Well, I mean, as far as, you know, the legislation coming from Sacramento and, you right. know, wanting to increase housing and density. And it feel, right. sounds like a similar fight that you've been fighting since you first been fighting that for a got long, on the council. Exactly. And now California has stepped in and is not giving us a choice about a lot of housing issues. And the one, Isabel, that you're referring to is we, we just passed uh, an ordinance to that we had to pass for the st- to keep to keep it in compliance with the state laws that are requiring a little more densification in residential zone, single family residential zones. My position on that was that we wanted to comply but not go any farther than the state in allowing more densification. This was an example where I actually voted against the ordinance in the end because the staff and the count- rest of the council wanted to make it more dense than we were required to do it mm-hmm. by allowing the units, the second units to be even bigger than we had to allow them. But let me, I want to talk about one more thing mm-hmm. with, that was important in that first campaign that is still an issue that crops up and that's open space. So one of the things about San Dimas is we do have open space in Walnut Creek and the foothills. And some of the projects that have been proposed over the years have, have threatened that. So when I was running for city council the first time, the plateau above Walnut Creek, where uh, up borders Via Verde and there's the old, the, the Buddhist um, Suchi is there now, and it used to be the old Baptist Bible College. And before that, it was Cal Poly Voorhees campus. But there's a plateau there, and there was a proposal for 114 houses at, in that location and a basically a land bridge from San Dimas Avenue to have access to that. That would have totally destroyed that environment, in my opinion. That was not acceptable. So I got on the council. It was another case where, and somebody came up to me afterwards when we'd had a public meeting and vote on that, saying, you know, the third vote made five because it had been sort of wishy-washy kind of tied. What we're going to do with me becoming the third vote absolutely against that project, the council then became unanimously against the 
project. And when it was actually passed by the county, we sued the county. You will notice there are no houses there now. Mm-hmm. And we fought a couple other projects since then. We fought them all. And now we just finished, just, just opened up a couple of weeks ago officially. But there's some tra- a little trail system up there instead so people can enjoy the outdoors in the open space. Mm. So that was one of the things I ran on um, back then. One of my accomplishments that I'm most proud of, the zoning of the foothills. And what you look at now and you see the foothills, you see Johnstone Peak and, uh-huh. and everything else, the face of the hills and everything like that. The zoning at that time when I got on the council was basically the same as Via Verde. So oh, wow. that's the kind of housing that could have gone in there. I worked on that prop with, and you know, what I try to do is do my homework, bring examples from other cities and their zoning and, and had some help with other people who knew about this kind of stuff. Long story short, it took about seven years to do, but we finally got a zoning that changed that, preserved the ridgelines, preserved mm-hmm. the face of the foothills so that you see what you see now. And that's not going to change forever as, as long as I can help it. Yeah. And uh, so that's... Uh, that's another example. So those open space issues, obviously, there's no houses there because mm-hmm. we're preventing houses. So it's not like people are enjoying them because there are houses, but they're enjoying them because they can see them. They get a little bit elbow room, you know, outside the community. They breathing can go hiking, space. breathing. Yeah, all that stuff. So that you will find throughout my campaigns and in my all my votes, whether it's for something or against it are to preserve the well-being and quality of life of, uh, mm-hmm. of the people who live in San Dimas, as well as those who visit and do business. Yeah. I think myself and many other residents in San Dimas would be grateful for your work um, to preserve the foothills. Oh, That's, thank, um, thank you. I talk to my neighbors all the time just about the views that we have and how lucky we are. So yeah. thank you for giving us a little bit of background about that. So you first ran in 1990. Here we are 30 years later in 2020. You're running again. Why are you running for city council this time around? We said the issues maybe look parallel, but they are different. So what brings you to to this race again? So um, I think the city is doing well over the years. I think we've had a certain stability, been able to preserve a certain quality of life. I feel I've had part to play in that. I believe I offer a certain perspective on the city council. And um, I'm not going to say it's unique, uh, but it just really focuses on the well-being of the community. In addition, right now, we've just had a a major turnover in the directors and management of the city. And I feel that having somebody on the council with um, my longevity adds the stability we need to continue moving forward and continue looking out for the same issues um, that we that I, at least I have been looking out for over the years. Um, we have a new an opening on the city council, and um, I welcome a, a new face on the city council. That's going to be really exciting. Uh, I I'm hoping that the person who gets on the city council has a similar vision, a a forward looking vision, not a uh, just a let's fix let's fix this problem or address that as it comes up. But look into the future. What should our city be like? How can we deal with all the things that are going to be coming and changing? How can we, I'll mention now, revitalize downtown. We can talk a lot lot about that, I hope. But uh, revitalize downtown. How can we do all the things that that I've been working on all this time? And and the rest of the council, too, obviously. Um, So I hope the the new face has got some fresh ideas. 
uh, enthusiasm. I, I will tell you that I, I, I'm a bad person for bragging, but I will tell you that I think I have the most enthusiasm on the city council uh, of bar none of all five members. And um, I challenge anybody, any newcomer to the city council <laughs> to match that enthusiasm, forward looking thinking, fresh ideas, innovative approaches. It's the modern look at things while preserving what's good in San Dimas. So to kind of build on that, you know, what would you say to someone who says, well, I'm looking for change and new ideas in the city. You know, what's going to be different if I vote for you this time around? What's going to be different if you vote for me this time around? Well, uh, it depends on if I have three votes to do the things that I want to do. There are a lot of things I've been working on or wanting to do for a long time. Some may not seem that huge, but for example, some sometimes things in the community they seem like small things, but they really add to the to the vibrance of the community. I had the idea for doing Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi downtown when we were doing the big project down there. So we've got free Wi-Fi. There was a little resistance on the council, like why would anybody want that? But I think we it's just not a nice thing to have. The pots downtown, when we put them in, they had those succulents. Mm-hmm. I thought flowers would look better. We now have flowers back there. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the fountain that I wanted down there. Okay. I didn't get the kinds of trees that I wanted down there. But going forward, there's all sorts of little things that can help. Like, uh, for example, I've always wanted to have like a splash pad for kids to mm-hmm. play in, in in the summertime. I've always been wanting to plant trees, for example. And I'll tell you that uh, one of my goals for the next four years is to plant a thousand trees. Um, in the past, we've planted four, five, six hundred in the in four year period. I want to plant a thousand trees, street trees, public trees in the next four years. So we need to replenish our urban forest. So affordable housing, we, we need to make sure that San Dimas is the kind of community with the diversity that it's known for, diversity of all kinds. And one of those is economic diversity by not pricing people out of the homes. And a recent example of, of what I did, um, and actually it was a couple of people in the city council, and again, turned into a majority, but um, a couple of us suggested that we had a proposal for a public storage on a lot where there were eight houses, eight affordable, basically low-income houses. Great people living in the houses, but there was no plan for replacing those houses, and public storage was going to come in and just tear them down. We turned that proposal down. We just said, we can't lose affordable housing in San Dimas. Going forward, um, first of all, the, uh, the state mandate to have the second units in people's yards might help with affordable housing, um, and I hope it does. And that was one reason I, I voted or I wanted to have that ordinance um, requ- have us allow smaller units so that uh, they'd be more affordable. But one big thing that uh, one plan I have or proposal that I've talked to the city manager and our and the council in some study sessions about that I hope to get done this year is what's called inclusionary zoning. So any project with 20 or more units has to have a certain percentage of affordable housing. And I would say 15% if it's a small project like 20 units, if they get bigger, like 100 units or something like that, you're going up to 20%. That's on the developer to make those affordable and it's a requirement for them to do the project. They're going to want to do the project because we're going to be allowing them to do a little bit denser projects in areas where it, where it makes sense, not 
next to neighbor, single-family neighborhoods, just to say. But with that inclusionary zoning, that would allow people who have a one-person income, firefighters, health providers, teachers, gardeners, people like that with, with that aren't making a ton of money for the whole family to actually afford to live in San Dimas. Mm-hmm. So it's a challenge. The affordable housing crisis is a challenge. But that's one thing that we can do that I think will help. And we just need to keep our eyes open for other solutions to make sure that we don't become just a high-priced community. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that, now that's, we have a range of houses from multi-million dollar houses to, you know, to ones that are more affordable. So I like having the multi-million dollar houses as well. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think the crisis exists uh, with affordability affordability and, and like you said maintaining that diversity including economic diversity right, in right. town yes yes well so to, just to circle back to my question it, it sounds to me and correct me if i'm wrong what you're saying is that even though you've been on the council for you know 30 years and people may or may not be looking for something different but if they're looking for something different it sounds like what you're saying is you have a lot of new ideas and with the right number of votes, maybe a new council member playing into things that some of your newer ideas might gain some traction and you, you could see some changes in the near future. It, it, exactly. I'll throw in one more kind of a bigger idea, if you, if you will, and that's a dedicated youth center. So is it a fresh idea? I don't know. It seems like a fresh idea to me because we don't have it. But <laughs> right now we're undertaking a recreational needs assessment and we're going to find out what the needs are in the community. And one of the things is going to be the uh, recreation center over by San Dimas High School. So what are we going to do with that? One possibility is just to, we need pools that meet the requirements of CIF competitions and everything else. And uh, we need a rec center where there's something for the youth as well as everybody else. I think we need a dedicated youth center along with the recreation center that fulfills the needs of everybody from little kids who want swimming lessons to, you know, seniors who are going for workouts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. So that's another thing. That's just a new thing that uh, I would like to get done. You know, downtown revitalization is a huge thing for me. It always, again, for years has been on my list of things to get done. Communities all around us, they have downtowns where people want to go and and eat and just places to go. We need to revitalize downtown, make it a vibrant, walkable, inviting place for people to come, for people to walk to from the surrounding neighborhoods. But people come from all over the place. And with the gold line coming, a place for people to stop and get off and, and, and eat and shop. Downtown should extend westward from where it ends right now at Cataract all the way to Eucla. There should be downtown type of development all the way through. One project, the Pioneer Square project that is possibly in the works for the Bonita Cataract property is a great example of the kind of development that we want to have that will bring people. Can, Can you imagine? I mean... It's, it's amazing that there's actually a bookstore that wants to come in, a <laughs> well-known bookstore that wants to come in and, and be on that property, along with some restaurants that, that are good, independent type of restaurants that want to come in here, the Boutique Hotel, 
and everything else. And some housing too, which is a good thing to have the, the housing on, on the, on that piece of property. And I would include my inclusionary zoning with that housing. Mm. I don't know if they've got it in their plan right now, but if they're doing 50 units, they should be doing about eight to 10 units as affordable housing for mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. We'll, we'll see as the project unfolds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'll finish up in the downtown and maybe I think people have an idea of, of what I, how I feel about that. I, I'm just passionate about it. We need an entrance at Eucla, which is which would be some kind of sign over the street, like a, just an arch or a lighted sign, something very tasteful that says downtown San Dimas. Mm-hmm. And that sign would be um, a couple hundred feet East of Euclid, just as you're entering the downtown. Um, the other property, what we do is we zone it so that it can turn into downtown type of development where the bowling alley is, mm-hmm. um, Casa del Rey, the office buildings, the cleaners, the, those everything th- along Bonita. along Bonita between Cataract and um, and and Eucla. and we do it so that nobody is ever forced to change their business use or anything, but we zone it so that if they want to, they could do something different. The whole goal is to have this downtown with a small town vibe and a place where people can stroll along the streets, whether it's public art, whether it's dog watering fountains, which by the way is another thing I suggested for the downtown area, which we have, Um, you know, the, the benches, the Wi-Fi we extended out there, um, some housing, perhaps, on a second story to bring people um, who can patronize all all the shops and restaurants. The only last thing I'll th- say is that it also should extend along San Dimas Avenue to Arrow Highway. Mm-hmm. So we already have like Rose Station along there, which we've got some businesses that are doing very well. And we would have like another kind of a sign down at that intersection so that people are driving by on Arrow Highway know that downtown is this over this way. way. Yeah. And obviously the Gold Line station is going to be right in the middle of all that. So that'll be a, that'll be another benefit. Mm-hmm. Right now, as you know, we've got a, a, a new barbecue restaurant that's about to start the improvements on that old church building. And whereas there was previous thinking that the best thing we could do at that church, old church building, this is in downtown San Dimas, for those of you who don't know, just, just, uh, just kind of between Puzzle Zoo and the uh, lawnmower shop, I think is where it is. The suggestion we got in the past was, let's tear it down and make it a parking lot. No. <laughs> that's, that's a beautiful building. That's what a lot of people, yeah, and I'm going, is that the best you could come up with, Mr. City Manager? That's sad, yeah. And uh, so I, I, yeah, so it's preserved and they're coming in, they're keeping the building. They've got to do a lot of improvements, obviously, to get a kitchen in there, but they said they love the building and they don't want to be messing it up even with they're going to even do something creative with the accessibility ramps so they Mm -hmm. don't fill up the area on the side where they want to have outdoor dining with lights Mm -hmm. and stuff like that all right well let's circle back to the moratorium and i think that's part of uh downtown so where where do you see that fitting in in your vision for downtown so the moratorium as you might know i uh, my wife and i uh, own a house on railway street we have that house, so we can't. I can't vote on the machinery and equipment uh, part of the specific plan. I mean, which I can is, talk about it, which is where the packing, which house is where the little old packing is. house is. Um, so I can't uh, talk to city council or staff about that or vote on it. So if any of you are listening, cover your ears. So I'm just going to tell you that that packing house is historic. That packing house is in good enough shape to be preserved, no matter what anybody says. I've heard that it's in better shape than other packing houses nearby that have been 
renovated and, and restored and reused um, by the same people that are would like to have a shot at this packing house. So that could be turned into some kind of a downtown type of thing. And then what I would do is I would make that part of the downtown area. So the downtown specific plan, downtown zone, whatever you want to call it. The other two pieces of properties you're talking about are farther west and they're out of my the range of the 500 feet from my little house. So I can vote on those. And for those, they are on the north side of the tracks. So anything on the north side of the tracks, in my opinion, cannot be the tall three-story block type of housing that you see going up in different cities. I'm not sure what can go there, but we just had some meetings and the staff is getting input from the community, which I applaud. This is the kind of thing we need to do is get the community's input. So I'm not sure what should go there, but probably some kind of housing. But as I always say, housing that fits in with the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, my ideal is it would be single family housing. I don't think that's going to be able to be done. So I would be willing to move off of that idea to some low impact multifamily, mm-hmm. but definitely low impact. I know people who live in that area and they don't want three stories looming over their, their backyard fences and or just sticking up into the sky mm-hmm. that high. And I, so I would say probably most of people in San Dimas don't want to see that, even regardless of where you live. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the city's working on coming up with answers. So we'll see where they yeah. where they land with that. I want to ask about just your thoughts about the upcoming sales tax on the March ballot. Oh. So well it's it ends up being simple in a certain way. The state has a cap of 10.25 or 10 and a quarter percent on any kind of sales tax, the total sales tax, the tax that can be in any locality in the state. Right now, we're at 9.5. That leaves a three quarters percent left. And the word is that there are a lot of county agencies and other agencies that want to put a sales tax on taxable items to reach that limit of 10.25. San Dimas residents would be paying that, and that money, for the most part, would be going elsewhere. So we decided to try to get in there first and ask the voters if they want to put a three-quarters of a percent sales tax that would stay only in San Dimas. The reason for that, reason for doing it at all, because I've always been against these kinds of taxes, the reason for doing it, though, is that we have a sound fiscal policy and and we've got a solid budget. However, certain things like infrastructure, um, the state employee retirement system, there's different things that are starting to cost us more money. And going out five, 10 years, we're going to start seeing a a real effect where it's going to take away from all the other things we need to do in the city. Mm -hmm. We just won't have enough money. And and even our uh, streets and roads, We've done these, we're going to do another one pretty soon, but we've done um, an analysis of all of the roads and what needs to be done. And we're really not spending the amount of money we need to spend to keep those roads in good shape. Mm-hmm. We've done some great projects. I mean, the San Dimas Avenue up there, uh, you know, between downtown and Via Verde, um, that was a great project. But, uh, and there's 
many others like that too, the downtown street and everything. But there are some streets that need replacing and fixing. We just need more. We do need the money. And I think that's, it's the prudent thing to do. I don't like it as many as other mm-hmm. as everybody else does. But when you think about it, it's 75 cents on $100. Mm-hmm. And that 75 cents adds up and becomes $4.7 million that I think will, will, long after I'm on the city council, I think people will look back and thank us if we get the sales tax because it'll, it will have made our city fiscally sound going far into the future. Mm-hmm. So you're saying like, uh, like you say, your personal policy is, you know, the city can't spend money that we don't have. So if we don't have money, then, you know, five to 10 years from now, those roads aren't going to be improved or, or less likely or, you know, different or priorities are going to have to be chosen. More patching or, or less rebuilding and more just a little resurfacing that lasts, you know, five years instead of 15 years. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, penny wise, pound foolish. But you end up having to do that because you don't have the money to do the to do it the right way. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for going into that. Another thing that is important to me, you know, living in the neighborhood is public safety. I don't know if you have any thoughts or want to. Yes, uh, I definitely will. Um, So public safety. So I, I, we didn't really get to talking about my priorities that much, but public safety, um, sound fiscal policy and good infrastructure are the bedrock of any priorities you're going to have. Beyond that, there's, I have other priorities um, that we can talk about. But public safety, top notch, has to be one of our highest priorities. We spend about a third of, the, of our general fund budget on public safety. So the sheriff's contract and a few other little things, but um, which is so around $7 million plus dollars for that. We have a good relationship We've with the sheriff's department. Crime is holding being kept low in San Dimas. We just got a report from Captain Berg the other day showing the year of 2019 compared to 2018. And a lot of property crimes went down, actually. The ones we're still having trouble with, there's a a lot of car Mm break-ins, you know, that we have trouble with. And um, not that they're epidemic, but they rose a little bit. But overall, things are pretty steady. One of the things that uh, really... Uh, concerned me last year about this time there was a spate of graffiti now we've always had graffiti in the in the community off and on but it really seemed a little more serious this time and so the sheriff's department um, were concerned too and they did a great job and we had great uh, cooperation from the citizens who actually reported things and they made, I think it was like five or six arrests um, in about a three-month period. Um, and they were able to, these folks, there were a couple of juveniles and some adults, and they ended up going to jail or to, you know, youth camp. One of the things, when that was happening, I told our city, I asked, you know, we talked about the graffiti at council and staff level. And um, we, had, we were working with an organization that promised to paint over the graffiti within 48 hours. That was not, that is not good enough. And so I told the city manager, how can we do it? We want to have somehow make it so we are abating that graffiti the same day. They were already thinking about this. And so we've got a new outfit that's doing our graffiti abatement. And we just got a report the other day on that. They are getting almost everything done the same day. They go on, they do the public, they do the private, they do everything from 
from um, a sticker on a light post or a little graffiti on a, on, on a, a post someplace to full-scale wall graffiti tagging. And so I'm excited that we are doing that. And it costs more. It's one of these things that costs more. So that's the kind of thing, one of the things I'm talking about, about keeping our community safe and nice to live in. Great. Well, thank you for talking about that. I mean, I think we've covered a lot, especially the things that I wanted to cover. Are there any other, you know, last important issues that you want to touch on before we finish up? Yeah, and I know, I know, I think I've talked too much about a lot of stuff, but I, but I wanted to actually, um, I wanted to mention a couple the things that I feel proud to be, a, have been a part of on the city council and the kind of thing. And I think they give an idea of what to look forward to if I, you know, we're privileged enough to be reelected um, for another four years. With the Walker House, you might, people might remember that was a privately owned house um, dating back, of course, to 1887. The city needed to buy that because it really needed to be restored. One of the early on crucial votes was whether to like proceed. That was a three to two vote. And I made the argument that we needed to buy the house with city money. Uh, as we use redevelopment money, we use some reserves, we use some grants and that kind of stuff. But the Walker House is the one place in the city of San Dimas that's on the National Register of Historic Places. We renovated that. That's about, we bought it, we renovated it, got a restaurant provider in there. And so that's one thing I think was an accomplishment. Other little things like the dog park, the skate park, the, these things were ones that I had a hand in um, way back when. Well, a lot of um, big accomplishments, you know, from the Walker House or, you know, saving the foothill views to, you know, the small things, like you said, the, the dog bowl in downtown. Yeah. And, just and nice touches. The one thing I did want to say about downtown is I have a new proposal. Over the years, I've asked our city manager to find somebody on staff who's passionate about downtown, who has ideas about downtown, who likes small downtowns, to be the go-to person to that the city staff can all kind of get inspiration from. It hasn't happened. I was going to say, have they found someone yet? <laughs> hasn't happened. I, I probably asked that three times over the last five years, and it hasn't happened. If reelected, I'm going to propose a special committee. I hate to call it a committee because committees are where ideas go to die, but in this case, let's call it a team. Okay, a special team that includes at least one person from each of the departments at City Hall and members of the public to people who like little downtowns and who are always looking for ideas. Like maybe they see a special kind of bike rack that they like as opposed to the little ovals we have downtown. I've seen lots of great bike racks that would be better than those. So we should have that. Maybe they see some pots hanging from the uh, streetlights that have flowers in them. Uh, Maybe they see the way people do lights over the street or, or, or whatever they see, but you know, how they do outdoor dining, whatever they or ideas about how to bring new businesses to town, anything like that, but get people and really give them a mandate to do that. And I, I think this idea will, I think we can do this and it'll pass. And this is going to be actual city council direction to do it as opposed mm-hmm. to, you and know, I, giving somebody an idea, idea, giving a suggestion and uh, give them a mandate saying, what do you think would be good for this, these streets and this surrounding area? 
Nice. When when can I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing all your ideas and accomplishments over the years. So, mm. I mean, I think it's been kind of addressed throughout our chat, but I um, just want to give you one last chance to um, talk to the community and say, you know, why should we vote for you? Well, I, I think if you look at my record, um, I'm not the loudest person on the city council. Um, I, I just, I always believe in respectful dialogue and I like being that way. Um, I'll fight passionately for the things I believe in and the things that the community brings to me or to the city council. So whether it's coyotes or graffiti or, you know, streets that need repairing or developments that aren't, don't seem right or parks that need to be fixed, whatever it is. So we'll fight for those things. And um, I think that you can count on, on me to, like I say, I challenge the newcomer to be as enthusiastic and passionate about San Dimas. And I will say one more thing that I, I've loved San Dimas for a long time and I love it even more and care about it more because we have grandkids who are living and growing up in the city and we want it to be the kind of place that they can grow up and 80 years from now, they can look and say, <laughs> San Dimas, what a great place. Yeah, well, I agree. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, I thank you for all your thoughts and, and enthusiasm for the city. Um, I like to end every show talking about one little tidbit about myself or fun facts. So um, would, is there something that you want to share with my listeners? I would. Your supporters? I would. <laughs> um, uh, have we said my website yet? Uh, JohnEbitern.com. So I'll say that. Before we, but uh, yeah, one little tidbit. Um, well, I uh, used to play in a rock band, and uh, <laughs> so play keyboards. I don't think I'm that good, but it is fun to do. And um, lately, over the past few years, my brother, who is uh, also a musician and has a band uh, of high school buddies, well, they're far out of high school now, but uh, have invited me to play keyboards uh, with their band on certain when they do a, an annual concert up in the mountains. And that is just a real treat. Well, you started off saying that you were in a band, but I think technically you are in a band now. Right. Still <laughs> in a band. I was in the band. Uh, there, there's probably every now and then again, I'll run across somebody who remembers the band we were in because we played the <laughs> Hollywood scene and that's about as far as we got. Uh, but uh, The Promise way back when, or Nightwing before that, were a couple of the bands way back in the old days. Um, and I have to say, I, yeah, I, I would say I met Lori, my wife, um, through band activities oh, so, fun. Through, uh, through a show that we went to. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. Maybe we'll uh, see your new band at Music in the Park one day. Uh, <laughs> that would really be scary. <laughs> Thanks for listening to my interview with Councilmember John Ebener. What did you think? Are there issues that you agree with him on? Where might you have some differences? Also, John mentioned that he will bring a stability to the council if reelected. How important do you think having stability on the council is as the city staff has had turnover and a brand new council member will be elected in March? Feel free to comment on my website at isabelandsandemas.com slash John Ebener.
Well, I have a lot of updates and upcoming events to share with you today. First, as I mentioned last week, I have a March 2020 election guide for residents of San Dimas. If you're interested in checking out all the candidates, social media pages, listening to my podcast, reading more from the city about Measure SD, the sales tax measure, or just want to know about where and when you can vote, you can check that information out at isabelandsandemus.com slash 2020 election. Also, I shared a link on my website to the Daily Tribune article that followed the Meet the Candidates forum held in early February. So if you're interested in reading up about the candidates, you can take a look at that. On a different note, there is a follow-up meeting about the specific plan number 23 moratorium. If you listen to my episode or if you're curious about that, you can listen at isabelandsandemus.com slash moratorium. This has to do with uh, development in downtown on three properties along uh, Bonita on the north side uh, around the railroad tracks. So the community meeting is a follow-up meeting, and it's going to be held on February 19th at 7 p.m. at the Senior Center. On February 20th, so that's the next day, at 7.30 a.m., early in the morning for me at least, at the Senior Center, Mayor Morris will be giving his last State of the City address. I will post the flyer on my website as well in the show notes. If you're interested in attending that, you can contact the Chamber of Commerce for more information. You can visit their website at sandemuschamber.com or call 909-592-3818. And lastly, just a fun opportunity I learned about. Uh, If you have ever seen the TV show Restaurant Impossible with Robert Irvine, they are coming to Glendora, our neighboring city. They're looking for volunteers on February 25th and 26th to help with their makeover of T. Phillips. Uh, They need responses or uh, volunteers to submit by February 21st. And you can find more information in the show notes as well. A personal tidbit about myself. So John Ebner talked about being in a band. Unfortunately, I can't say that I've ever been in a band, but music has been a big part of my life. I grew up learning to play the piano. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't stick with it. So I would say now that I dabble in the piano here and there just for fun. Um, But also, I also play a little bit of guitar, ukulele, and uh, playing guitar was a big part of the start of my relationship with John's son, Phil. That's, I would say, we fell in love playing guitar at the beach back 11 years ago. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Music has played a big part of my life, as I said. So thanks for listening today. This is Isabel and San Dimas. If you like the show, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend or neighbor, follow me on Facebook. And I always invite you to drop me a line on my website, isabelandsandemus.com, if there's anything you want to hear about in a future episode. I look forward to chatting with you next time. Thanks. Bye.